Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drinking Beer and Play a Game. Welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Holy God, am I tired. Fuck. <laughs> I also think I'm sick. So, this is going to be a great one for me. Don't be getting me sick, boy. <laughs> Actually, I think I know how I got sick. And we'll get into that soon. Her name was Delilah. Oh, wait, different thing. Sorry, go ahead. Oops. <laughs> All right, well, starting right off the bat, we have a surprise. Jim brought the beer this time. And you know what? Shocker. It wasn't even Keystone. Jim, what'd you bring? I brought the Nihilist Russian Imperial Stout. So it is a bottle-conditioned, barrel-aged, ale-aged in whiskey barrels from the Sly Fox Brewing Company of Pottstown, Pennsylvania. It comes in at a nice, beefy 80 IBUs. And I can't find an ABV on here. So I don't even know how much goddamn alcohol is in here. Let me see. Because you always fuck that up. I do not fuck that up. You always fuck it up. Uh-uh. <laughs> Fake news. Um, you also might hear a slight hum, and we apologize for that, but it's ridiculously hot today. So Yeah, AC's running high. Uh, Jim, didn't I buy you this? You probably did. It's the only reason why Jim had a good beer. It's probably been sitting in my fridge for like a year <laughs> for the perfect time. I've had Denialist out. Uh, Russian Imperials are probably my first, if not second, favorite type of beer. So if you like really strong stouts, this is perfect. Of course, if you're someone who doesn't like the barrel-aged and the you know whiskey-infused with the oak, you might not like it as much. It's very strong. It's a sipping beer. So unlike other podcasts where we'll try a couple, this is probably going to be the only one we try today. Yeah. I mean, I went and took a little pee-pee trip before we started recording, and I come down and the whole basement smelled like this beer just from two glasses being poured so yeah aroma for days holy crap delicious beer though sly fox this might be your best creation so dark as shit too can't see anything through it yeah well it's a stout so well, i mean you're not gonna get a crystal clear stout jim i don't know it depends on whatever <laughs> crap stout that keystone keystone make a stout make it crystal clear so i know we typically start with a beer thing but uh just gonna skip into it I think we'll go right into the big topic, and the one that will probably dominate a good chunk of this podcast. Uh, Jim and I, for the first time ever, actually went to a gaming expo. Finally. It was uh, too many games in the Greater Oaks Expo Center. Yes. So, yeah, I'll let you kind of start it off, but what did you think of it? Um, So, basically, it's the fourth or fifth year I think this convention's been running now, and... When you first walk in there, it's like sensory overload. When you first go through the doors, like, we already saw people lined up for one of the panels, and there were three panel rooms, and they had them going round the clock each day. And on the one side was a gigantic arcade with arcade machines, console set up, uh, different tournaments going on. So I think the day we were there, they were having, like, a two-day tennis, or tennis, Tetris tournament, a Mario Kart 64 tournament, which we didn't stick around long enough for, um, a Tecmo Bowl tournament. So, oh, and they also had like almost like gigantic monitor setup for uh, Overwatch. Yeah, that was going on the whole time too. And there were like shitloads of people playing on that. There was like a professional announcer team in the one corner. So I'm sure this was being broadcasted somewhere. I don't really follow that shit, but. Um, yeah. And then you had the main floor, which had all the YouTubers, all the vendors, just games, 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 games everywhere. <laughs> there really were too many games, weren't there? I'd say there were an adequate amount of games. Yeah. <laughs> now, Could be said. 
to Jim's point, never being there, we didn't really know what to expect. We did not plan accordingly. Interesting. I actually, I think in my heart, expected more cosplay than there was. There was a lot. Don't get me wrong. But uh, There was a cosplay competition, too. And there was a cosplay, did you already say the wrestling match? No, I did not. Yeah, they, they had a wrestling ring, and they had a whole event, which actually happened right when Jim and I got there. That was pretty cool. So it was interesting. The, the final match was Mega Man versus Luigi. Luigi. So that would, we didn't stay too much for that, but it had a nice crowd around it, and it had some good pops. So it's nice they threw all that in there. I think it was 35 bucks for the ticket, not including tax. Yeah. So for just the day pass, the really basic level, it wasn't terrible. And uh, I think the best thing for us, and one of the number one reasons we want to go back is we enjoyed um, just getting to see, like, who all's there. We will get into in a minute what we actually bought at the expo. But um, we did run into our buddy Dan from Console Wars. Obviously, that's a channel if you don't know about, you should go follow immediately. Uh, you can see on the side of our channel link, they're here. But he's a great guy. We already did a power hour with him. We can't wait to do it again. And I think that's something, if we got to know a few other people, the networking of just meeting other YouTubers and just general gamers who are as nerdy as us, that's the real benefit of things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to name some of the people who were there, um, there's RGT85, and that's his name. Uh, Norm, the gaming historian, the game chasers, they were all kind of in one spot together. Uh, Pat, the NES punk, and Ian were there. James Rolfe was there. When we were there, Mike Matei wasn't, so I think he was there for a bit Friday and maybe Sunday. Yeah, he was there Sunday. Unfortunately, we missed him. He, he, he was nice enough to do an interview with us. Like the um, first year of our site. Yeah, so we were hoping to see him in person, but yeah, I think General... You know, meeting people, it's funny. Kid Icarus was, like, walking around. Yeah, but but it's funny because, obviously, James Rolfe, AVGN, he was the biggest draw. Like, of everyone there, he had his own special area designated for a line that you had to get into where we got to meet a guy who, you know, it, it was a good networking experience for us, I'll say that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he had, like, a half-hour wait of a line. The nerd was exactly what you expect. Super nice, super humble, just, you know, willing to just say hey you know how you doing thanks and it was it was just in a little bit of time we were there the number of people coming up giving him games like hey i just want to ha see this add to your collection yeah he had this gigantic like printout of stuff and he would be like flipping through every time like yeah. people were generous as shit with that guy and, and then um you know and he would like did pictures like free of charge he didn't care and then we stopped by you know uh Pat and Ian, and Ian is really cool. We got to meet, talk to him after the fact. We talked with him a little bit more on Twitter. Uh, fingers crossed we may actually snag him for a future interview on Power Hour. Hopefully. But, yeah, no, he's super cool, super chill dude. Would have loved to grab a beer with him, just didn't get the chance. Yeah, we got there too early. Yeah. Yeah, one thing we learned, like, when we got there, it was actually funny because there was, there was a car set up, and there were people in tailgate chairs with a cooler. Yeah. They're like, someone's fucking tailgating this. Yeah, we should. And also, why don't we think of this? We're the beer guys. <laughs> yeah, we got there like, like Jim said, super strangely early, like noon. Next time we go, we probably go like two or three ish, even later. And get a hotel and room. get nice and drunk before. Get a hotel room, get drunk after with some of the other people. There. That's what Dan did. He was already smashed yeah. by the time he got to the floor. But yeah, no, it's a cool experience, and for anyone that is a fan of these YouTubers or a fan of just trying to get good deals on games, uh, it's a good place to go. I'd say overall, and there's a lot of like stuff. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but like if you're looking for just everything, yeah, like I didn't really see that much. Say of like the computer consoles or like 
Atari ST or Commodore or shit like that. And I wasn't really looking for it either, but hey, Jim, weren't too many vendors with that. What? There was one console there you could have gotten, but you didn't. Actually, there are two, and one I have a lot of remorse about. <laughs> so... So let's just get into, so as far as buying stuff, one thing I will say before we show you what we did get, um, it was interesting. All the booths that were near the video game nerd were more expensive. Not by, like, a huge margin. But five but, to ten bucks more. Yeah, so, like, Contra 3, uh, you know, that could have gone for as low as 40 and maybe you'll see that in a second. But near James, it was 45 to 50 So it was little touches like that that I just kept recognizing. I'm like... It's smart. You know, that's where the biggest foot traffic is. So if you were on the opposite side where James wasn't, that's probably where you'll find your biggest deals. And and I also noticed a lot of bargaining bargaining with the vendors. Don't ever be a dick. And, like, if you see something for 20, be like, I'll give you five. But if you say, like, I'll give you 18 or something, they most of the people seem to be very flexible and we're just willing to work out a deal because no one's trying to screw anyone there. Um, so do your research, but... Be respectful when you offer a price. Yeah, and if you have games in mind, I would recommend going on eBay and Amazon and seeing what the general going prices are because you will, it, like Brian said, you're going to see different prices for the same game at different tables. So you're going to have to keep an eye out. And also there is a lot of repo games being sold. So you have the obvious ones like Mega Man Wily Wars and Alien Soldier for like a North American console. So you have that but then you also have the more expensive games that they're selling for 30 bucks and you're going oh okay so this must be a reproduction yeah so you got to be a little careful there know what you're getting into and really it's a patience game because look at every single table if you see a game walk around the entire thing a couple times until you find it and find the best deal yeah and oh and speaking of the consoles go ahead we make all the goddamn noise so you know i talk about the vectrex a lot <laughs> there are actually a few vectrexes there and at one point, there was one for what we thought was going to be 200 bucks. And Brian was like, hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Did you buy it? Well, you can't Jim, talk you that much shit about the Vector, or, you know, talk about how great it is and then not buy it. So I guess you proved that Daddy was right and nope. that it's not that great of a console. No, it's not if it wasn't actually 265 <laughs> and I'm, they I'm, are notorious for being, you know, prone to breaking. So bad, like I've said. Not bad, just old. I'm sorry. If you you have not everyone takes care of things. If you have something that breaks, what's definite? You wouldn't say that's a good thing, would you? Well, of course. So, Daddy's right. You love the 360 too. That listen, thing was prone to breaking. Listen, you shine, had one that did die. Just shine my shoes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and yeah, so there's a couple of them, and like the one we were talking about turned out to be like 265, and I was like, ah, okay, screw that. And then there was like one that was like almost new in box for 600 some. And the other console that I do kind of regret not going for is a Magnavox Odyssey 2 that was in the box for 40 And that's a little bit high for what it could go for in eBay, but I also didn't take into account the convenience of just being able to walk home with it right then instead of dealing with shipping or all that other crap. And it could sit right on your shelf next to all your other systems, Don't Jim. you? God damn, damn you <laughs> son of a bitch. We would be reviewing Casey's Crazy Chase and all that shit. <laughs> Casey Munchkin and all of it. All right, so I'll start with what I've actually bought. I didn't buy as much. I'm much more selective than some. I bought five games. You, didn't, you needed maybe one of them, and you'll play maybe two. I will play. One I can't play. Listen, that that right there, that statement was enough. <laughs> but I was more, I'm more economical in terms of what I'm willing to buy and the reasons. Um, surprisingly enough, I did get actually a lot of art, and I know it probably doesn't make for... The greatest footage, um, and if you are listening to this on iTunes, I apologize because you can't see it, but um, 
I got this painting or picture. It's the splatter house. I'm trying to get the goddamn light out of there. Awesome picture of Rick fucking up all those things. Then the rest, I won't go one by one, but in this style of design, there was a bunch of different horror icons. So I got him, Jason, Michael Myers, and the killer clown from Outer Space. So yeah, what did Dan buy? He bought a. Um, he bought from the same place I did, and, and it's. He bought, he bought Solid Snake, right? Yes. Yeah, it was like one of those. Um, Square Painter, I think that's their name, and we'll we'll double check on that. But their art was great, and as you saw from my picture, but they had these giant, like <sighs> like. I, I can't even say full canvas, but done in a pixelated manner is the best way I can describe it. We saw a Streets of Rage thing. Which I was really tempted to until they said 300 bucks. Yeah, and, you know, we don't make that kind of money. So. <laughs> uh, but the only game I did buy is this. And it's one that I'm embarrassed enough that I had never actually beat. But The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past for Super NES. And while I was there, because James, AVGN, was there... And he always talks about it. I had him sign it. I figured it was fitting because hearing him talk about it made me want to play it so much more. And it drove my decision to go out and buy it. I got it for 32 bucks. Um, I don't really care if it was a great price or not. I think that's a reasonable it's price for fair. it. Yeah. So the fact that I got signed by him, that's an added bonus. So yeah, those were my purchases. Very simple. Uh, I was looking a lot for horror games or horror toys or anything horror-related. Right, you had like seven chances to buy a haunted house, and you never did it. <laughs> they didn't have it inboxed for a reasonable price. Yeah, they didn't have any of the... I was looking for goddamn River Raid for every goddamn vendor I looked through. No one had it for the Intellivision or the Atari 800. God damn it. Yeah, so... Kept trying. Or just in box. If I found it in box, you know, that I already owned, I probably would have bought it. Yeah. But no, um... I, I think when I go to these expos, I'm always going to attend and not because I, I am more willing to emulate first to decide if I like a game. Jim bought a game that I love to death, but I wish was a little bit cheaper. So why don't you go and show him what, what you got? Actually, I'm going to go grab something while you're doing that. So wait to get to the games that you're never going to play. <laughs> so do that one last. Yeah. Son of a bitch. All right. So the games that I got. We'll start, of course, with the one that Brian was talking about, and Contra 3, Alien Wars. Uh, regarded as one of the best Contra games out there, one I never owned. I did emulate it before, so I know it's fun. That bastard. But it came in to be about 40 bucks, which wasn't the worst price in the world. So it's actually pretty much fair, and it's one of the cheaper prices that the vendors around there were going for. So I'm happy with it. Brian, I got one too. Yeah, mine looks better. You probably can't see. Uh, our buddy Dan, yeah, you're out of focus. Yeah, too nope. shiny. But uh, he gave us these little buttons for console wars. So, wanted to throw it on. Nice little extra piece of swag. Yeah. Next up, Turtles 2 on the NES, based on the arcade game. It's the game that we all wanted at first, instead of what we got. Super NES version's better. Well, yeah. Just saying. Just crapping all my jeans, Brock. And I already own that one. <laughs> it's good. It's a good game. <laughs> next up. <laughs> yeah, what's next, Jim? This one I can play. Okay. So mouth. So, Galga 90 on the TurboGrafx CD. Or, see, God damn it. See, you're getting me up. You're making me jump ahead with all your bullshit. See, he's getting nervous. He's got the tinglies and his tickles. I always have the tinglies in my tickles. <laughs> 
But yeah, Galga 90. But nice update, added a lot of stuff to the core Galga gameplay. And I tried to get, I wasn't leaving without a Turbo Graphics game basically, so this was one of the fairer priced ones for like a quality game. Like I didn't feel like paying 20 bucks for Keith Courage or shit like that, yeah. so I figured this is a solid buy. Next up, the Collector's Edition, Street Fighter 4. Yeah, I mainly bought it for the toy. Yeah, this one, I, I Jim already has a game. I have the game. Be honest, we're not going to play it, but I, I can get getting it for the toy for the collector's edition, and you got it for a reasonable price. So Yeah, it's, it was it's, like 30-ish. So I, that is something, like, I would probably go back and buy, you know, like the chainsaw version of Resident Evil 4, like the full collector's edition or shit like that. Yeah, I did see the Onimusha Sword version of Onimusha 3, I think it is. Yeah, maybe so, two. so that type of shit I get, even if you already have the game, makes sense, and if you can get for a deal, that and this one's in really good condition. So Yeah, yeah it's in great shape, and it comes still with the CD soundtrack, the DVD, the Blu-ray, actually, and the hint book and all the other crap. Yeah. So it's actually complete and in great shape. So, so what's the next one, Jim? Last but not least, certainly not least, some could call it the main event. It's the TurboGrafx CD port of the original Street Fighter. Fighting Street. Known as Fighting Street. <laughs> two quick little things about it. One, game's goddamn terrible. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't own a TurboGrafx CD. <laughs> this is just one that I've always wanted for the collection. I just love Street Fighter that much that I'm just like, this seems like one I should have. Now, Jim. Go on. What'd you pay for that? It was like about, uh, about 40. So that is eight dollars more than potentially the best Super NES game that I bought. I already have it though. I'm, why don't you stay with me on the history, timeline? Bri. I bought you, history. Why don't, you, why don't you stay with me on the timeline? I bought goddamn history. And, and let me see something. I don't see a. Oh, I don't see a signature by AVGN on yours. So yeah, I screwed up here. I should have gone like this. Would have made sense for him to goddamn yeah. sign. So yeah, that game. Um, funny enough, we we've played that on the PlayStation version, and, and I think that's like actually the arcade port. Too. Yeah, it's a true arcade port. We still have footage for. Whenever, and this is close. Like yeah. it isn't exactly as pretty. Whenever well, we get around pretty. to do doing the Street Fighter series, we still have that footage. But maybe I'll get a Turbo Duo by that. You won't. Probably not. Yeah. So yeah. A little pricey. It's uh, there was a TurboGrafx CD system there, but J- Jim had to be talked down to, to restrain himself a little bit. On certain things, there's a there's a couple uh, Turbo Taps too that I was like, oh, maybe I'll get this, and I was like, when the hell am I ever going to play the TurboGrafx with anyone else? And the thing I kept trying to push him on the Vectrex and the Odyssey too. I really should have done the Odyssey, goddammit. I'm just saying. Yeah. To to add to the more random crap, the that we random on the ass site. collection he has. So all in all. Uh, we also, you know, we really did enjoy going to the arcade and getting just play games. It was kind of fun, even though a lot of them were games we already played. Sitting down and playing, I think next year when we go, we'll definitely try and enter in some tournaments. Jim was really interested in doing the Mario Kart tournament. It was just getting late at that point. Yeah, and it's one of those, you really have to pre-plan it, and you should look at the schedule. Like, we completely winged it, got tickets, didn't know what panels were when, so we'll be better prepared next year, and yeah, it's it's it was a fun time. And actually, hopefully, they kind of make the lines a little more noticeable between panels. Because we were maybe going to check out uh, Blade Blur's thing, and 
we're in there and we're like, where's the line? They're like, oh, it's over here. Then we get in line. They're like, oh, no, this is for panel two. Yours is over there. Yeah. Like, oh, we're over here. Oh, go over here. Like, they're all mushed together. The organization was a bit of a shit show, but whenever you have something that big, and I'm sure most conventions, it's re- it's like herding cats. You're not going to do it very well, so. Also, another thing I want to say. Go ahead. I want to say by like the four, five o'clock. Oh, no, God. Holy <laughs> crap, did it start to smell in that convention center. <laughs> And, I mean, that thing went to 10 o'clock, so it must have been ripe in there by the time they were shutting the doors. Yes. You would walk, I mean, early on you'd walk by some people and be like, mm, it's a little funk here. But then by the halfway point. I'm going to reserve my comments and just say I agree with you. Try to be nice? I'm trying to be nice here. It's, I mean, we can say that the clientele in a lot of cases were what you'd expect. Yep. <laughs> and the bathrooms. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Hey, what? wait, wait. For the fucking bathroom etiquette, there's a few rules guys know. <laughs> and here's the deal. If there's urinals open and you're waiting, you go to the urinal if you have to go. We were in a line. No lie. It was taking five to ten minutes. If you're checking, you're listening to this, you might not think that Girl, sounds bad. So, somehow the girls never had a line. Yeah. But either well, there wasn't that many girls there. There's there's there, there's, there was, a, but either way, there was a 70-30s. Regardless, so there were stalls, urinals. <clears throat> a guy leaving was like, noticed the line was getting crazy. He's like, hey, there's urinals open. Literally, like four people in front of us just turned and like looked at us and just didn't do anything. So Jim and I were like, okay, like let's walk to the <laughs> urinal. As I'm sitting there pissing, I hear someone say, I was next in line technically, and I was like, and I asked Jim, I like, I didn't even turn around. I'm just like. Did he just complain that he was next in line? When he turned around and looked at us as in to say, like, oh, I have to take a shit or I'm too scared to pee in public, so I'm going to use a stall, which I get it, It's a thing, but... I kind of have that. If you hear that a stall is open, you go. If you really have to go, you fucking go for it. So don't leave a gap. Otherwise, it's your own fault. And it was almost like there was a force field in there because the second, oh, God, you, this. the second you get to the doorway, and they're open doorways. It's not like it's closed off or restricted or anything like that. But it was almost magical how the second you get to the doorway, you could be like this far from it, everything's fine. <laughs> Go this much in. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, yeah, straight chase. Yeah. Straight, straight poopy. Yeah. So Also, the guy who cosplayed as Ken during the wrestling blew up the goddamn toilet and didn't flush nearly enough. Yep. When I went in there after him. Yep. So, good experience. We'll be back next year. We'll probably drink a lot more. Recommended. We might even try to do... What's that other one that's coming up? Like September-ish? We have a card somewhere. Yeah. uh, A video game con, I think it's called. Yeah. Or another video game con. So, yeah. If you've never been, check it out. It's it's a better one instead of trying to fly to E3 and shit like that. Yeah, it's definitely got a more down-home feel. And, I mean, it's been... A half hour away from us, and we've this is our first year getting there, so goddamn real life getting in the way. Yeah. Wives and kids. So, yeah. But yeah, go there, and probably no one recognized us. It actually was funny. We were, when every time we'd get a picture with someone, um, well, I, no, because people recognized Ian, yeah. but, or James, but when we got the picture with Dan, like, people were looking at us like, oh, who are these guys? Yeah, they're like, who's who, and who, like, should I be taking a picture too? So, it's funny. Um, I think. I, do we whore? Do we whore next year? Cards and swag? We'll have our merchandise. We'll have our shit. We ain't going to ever be at the level of like James or shit, but still, it's just cool to see. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good time. We'll be there next year, yeah, God absolutely. willing. 
All right, so back to our regular topics now. Um, it's a beer and technically a game topic, but Jim Jim added this, and the link will be below. The only beer topic I found this week. So a 23-year-old was charged with attempted murder for Somerville shooting following beer pong. And, yeah. South uh, Carolina, because of course it would be. This guy, <laughs> Timothy Justin TJ Ganey of Monk's Corner. I don't know where the fuck that is. I, South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina. Was arrested. Um, uh, <laughs> so, so, like any game, any game you play, I, I almost care. feel like we can like read the whole thing and it just gets funnier. It, yeah, I don't even want it. Like, what when you hear that first line, everything you would expect to be like, how did it get to that point? Is what you would expect. So here's the deal: any game, I don't care if you're playing Monopoly, Parcheesi, or what, whatever the fuck. If you are drinking and you're drunk and you're getting competitive, the tempers will flare. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> so this guy is probably close to being an incel. So part of what escalated it, besides the obvious alcohol, was they're playing beer pong and there was a girl there, so they turned into a dare-type game where he basically dared her to take her top off. And at first she was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then she felt guilty because she has a boyfriend, so she didn't do it. Uh-oh. Go on. Go on. God damn it. So he started freaking out. Um, and, like, apparently, like, the girl and her boyfriend were, like, trying to leave, and then Ganey got in his car with some other people and, like, blocked them in and shit like that. And as they were trying to leave and, like, go around the car, like, a, a gunshot hit the window. Yeah. It... And also, even better part of the story, because South Carolina, the guy who was getting shot at returned fire. So, this is great. Uh, part of me, when I read a story like that or I hear something like this, I have to feel like there's something. <laughs> and they got into a car chase. There has to be something that started. Like, there's feelings before this. People knew each other, and, and shit was just escalating. And, that, and the beer pong, if you will, was more or less the catalyst. If they were complete strangers... That's even nuttier. And, you know, we've all been drunk and done very stupid shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah, so moral of the story, if you're going to drink beer pong or you're going somewhere to drink, don't bring your guns with you. Yeah, and if you're going to do a dare game, find a girl who won't welch on the bet. Huh? Yeah, and if she does, don't, get <laughs> don't shoot her. Up. Yeah, don't get that upset. If she doesn't take her top off, don't chase her. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's really the moral, but that's just a funny goddamn story, so I like that. <laughs> People almost died. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there, Jim? Oh, I know what you did there. Topical. <laughs> um, all right, so the next, and this is one that... Big topic lately. A lot of people... God... So this topic, Jim, what else would you expect? Yeah, that's true. We're professional. Very professional. This is a topic almost every YouTuber, every gamer, and even more major newscasts have covered. They've all given their takes on it. Yeah. So we're probably a week or two late to this. Surprise, surprise. But, uh, you know, the main tagline is that video game addicts are mentally ill. And this is coming from... The World Health Organization. Yeah. So, 
here's the deal. I've heard a lot of different takes on it, but mine is generally, yeah, if you are a truly addicted. Now, the level of addiction is tough to say. I don't know what they, I, without reading the full study and how they conducted it, define addiction. If it's actually fucking with your life and you're not able to maintain your family relationships or work because you need to game so hard, yes, that is an addiction. If you're like Jim and I and you happen to get 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or you want to go play a game instead of watching TV, what's the level of addiction? But like anything else, gambling, drugs, sex, whatever you want to call it, of course you can get addicted to shit. I just love that their like example of this is talking about fucking China, where <laughs> where if you know anything about Asia with gaming, they're monsters about it. Like people go to gaming oh. houses, or not houses, but gaming bars almost, and they gaming die. Gaming cafes. Gaming yeah. cafes, that's yeah. the word. And they die there because they play for like four days straight. Yeah. It, it, so this oh, is the man. example in the article they give. How do I frame this without saying You could have had a million other things. I, there's so many things I want to say, but I'm trying not to frame it the incorrect way. Like, if you're going to use an example, don't use the low-hanging fruit as the example. Uh, obviously, Asia and China, I don't know if they have it. I know uh, was it South Korea has those. The, the, uh, Starcraft low, tournaments? Yeah, those, like, nationally. It's a sport. It's a national sport. It's, like, televised. <laughs> it's better than goddamn soccer. <laughs> Fuck the World Cup, am I right? Jim, we're going to get two dislikes for that. <laughs> we get two dislikes anyway. But, no, that's, like, whatever. Like, obviously, that culture in particular is a little more involved into video gaming. And it's probably because it's where a lot of video games are developed or near where video games are developed. I blame the body pillows. I'm, I'm reaching here, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's a problem. But if they weren't addicted to video games, they'd be a victim addicted to something else like addictive personalities if you have a buddy who's an alcoholic and he tries to stop all of a sudden he's going to pick up drinking monsters or something else or smoking more like you every time someone's an addict they go just shift it like i always see people who stop smoking and they're drinking coffees like goddamn hotcakes so yeah so that's my point like it's a of course there's a mental illness but why did they feel the need to, like, really call out video games? You could say about anything. Well, it's actually kind of a funny thing about this. Um, at my work, we had almost like a gun crisis safety seminar about a month or two back. And the person who was there was making the argument that they saw a spike in high school-related gun crimes since 1975. And they're like, what well, came out in 1975? And that's, like, shortly after Pongish, basically. And... It was actually funny because we were like, are you really putting this on fucking Pong? Oh, Jesus And they Christ. made the argument of, like, you know, it's desensitizing you to just violence in general. That's someone looking for a correlation that doesn't exist, that just, what are other factors that happen around that timeline? When there's a billion the other yeah. things that are just, like, they're not correlated. Yeah. It's like, hey, also at that time, after civil rights and, and women's rights and everything else, there was a spike in populations in general, so now you have more people, so now you're going to have more incidents. And the availability of guns at that time spiked as well because it was right after Vietnam so you had an influx of military weapons being available to the public but yeah I'm sure it's Pong yeah no it's not the opiate explosion in this country no it's not it's not anything else but Pong yeah that's the shit so that's my point so whenever I see these things you always gotta take it with a bit of salt you have to consider it is a problem for some people honestly Jim and I of all of our friends we were probably the most in the games and neither of us uh, I've gone 
weeks without like I don't ever be like oh my god I'm like itching I need to play a game yeah we play when we can and yeah it sucks I mean if you do know anyone who has a problem then like there are definite people who spend way too much time and it's all they do yeah and that's a problem that's an addiction and if you have an addictive personality then it can get you I think the number one thing more and more people way more than just traditional console based or even PC based video games fucking social media just being on your phone and I do I me and Jim had this conversation how many of you out there if you go and sit down on your toilet and you forgot your phone oh my god how much is that like ruin your your time sitting down and I'm unfortunately that kind of dick and I know it's a problem but on that dick who'll be like we're all hanging out all bunch of friends and shit like that and we're all having a conversation I'm just sitting in the corner dicking on my phone the number of times Jim and I have been recording podcasts, recording footage, or actively playing a game to review, and in between something, he's sitting on his phone clashing or trying to catch Pokemon. Like, Jim is definitely, to a level, on the spectrum. No, I, I, I have an addiction to yeah, my Yeah, he, he has an addiction to My phone. wife yells at me constantly about being rude. And what's funny is, I mean, literally throughout all of college... He was the one still with the old-ass flip phone. That's why I didn't fucking want it. <laughs> so I was like, keep me in the Stone Age. And no, my wife then girlfriend was like, you have a shitty phone. You should probably get an iPhone. You can be nice if we can do a FaceTime with each other. So really, it's her fault. Yeah, see? This is what you get. So yeah, that's one of those situations where... You know what you got into. Most people really, they do have issues, and the addictions are definitely much more, I think, cell phone related. I would love to see a study done, you know, just test yourself. If you're someone listening... Try to go three days without touching your phone. Oh. Or, like, keep it on you and only answer it if you have a call or an important text. Not, like, you know, a buddy sending you a stupid meme. Like, a legit... Or, or an Aerodactyl's around. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm sure more of these studies will continue to come out and... It's not a surprise to see something like this? No, nothing at all. But, yeah, somebody had to get paid to do something. Very true. Got to justify those jobs, Jim. <laughs> uh, can't lie there. All right, so what's this next topic you put up? All right, um, GameStop. Nope. God, fucking, no, go, go. Fucking, all right, ads, so I'll, ads. I'll, I'll Why do I not prepare? GameStop is uh, seeking a buyer, and it, you know, this article claims it could reshape console gaming. Now, I'll be honest. Uh, when it comes to... A game store. GameStop is the one you think of, especially for new games, if you're buying them hard copy. Jim and I have talked on this podcast multiple times. Everything tends to be leaning towards more of a digital, just download it. And now with the newer consoles, when you have to buy a physical copy and then still download it, part of you juggles the idea of, do you want the hard copy, or is it even worth it to go to a store when you can download it right from your house? And the convenience of not walking in, driving, waiting in line, talking to some weirdo who's gonna, you know, try and sell you like or get you to pre-sale or pre-order a game. Um, but regardless, GameStop for guys like Jim and I, it's the number one spot where we go if games are on sale. We go to that friggin' ten dollars or twenty dollar or less bin. If you're looking to fill out like generation before consoles, yeah, amazing. And, you know, they introduced, obviously, I actually got uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Castlevania 2 from there when they implemented that whole, you know, what was the 
Word. It's like whatever their retro gaming uh, yeah, program is. And the thing about that that kind of sucks is, besides all the horror stories about, you know, swapped yeah. cards and repros and shit like that, is not many in brick and mortar stores actually do it. No. Like, I knew of one in our area that actually sold retro, and even they stopped recently. And that's one of those things. Mostly it's just an online service kind of deal. Like, I feel, at least in the Philly market, there's not, even in Philly, Bucks County, the places Jim and I get games will be GameStop. We have a few other local that have reused games, but not dedicated, like singular. Like just, They're like hobby shops almost. Yeah. And then, honestly, Goodwill. We see whatever's available at those or like thrift shops. Even though Goodwill's, you got to get lucky anymore. Yeah. Because it, they put shit on their online store too. Yeah. If, if GameStop is looking for a buyer, makes sense. Their uh, stock's down 32% in the last fiscal year. Like, they took a beating. And, and we've been... We've They've seen gone through of, a couple CEOs. Yeah, we've seen a lot of uh, YouTubers covering this, that the trend of, you know, when they took on that retro thing, for whatever reason, they, they've been trying to push it, but I think this is just going back to what we said multiple times. With digital media taking a rise, obviously brick and mortar is going to take a fall. I, I'm just curious if the same correlation happens with every other true brick-and-mortar game store, like strictly game store. Uh, and we don't know enough around us to, like, take a gauge, but, like, Ian from Two yeah, Games, if was, for Luna Games, like, you know, we, we, we've heard him talk about it, and... Their money comes from retro. Like, they only stock certain, yeah. very few copies of new games because they don't make money off it. And, and you know... I, Even GameStop makes all its money off these games. I've never been the type... I don't ever, like think of Best Buy or Walmart as my gaming shop. But Apparently Best Buy had a good system for a couple of years. They, and they had they, like a reward system. I still know tons of people who go and get it, but it's it's one of those deals, especially think of things like Amazon, where you can get up to 20% off or some crazy amount if you are willing to get just through Amazon. Sure, you gotta wait a couple days past the, when it's initially released. Um, so th I think there's just more options out there. The thing I'd be saddest about, and I know we don't even play them as much but those call of duty releases yeah you know us our friends a tradition our friend Dying. chris and a few others they, they sprinkle in and out but the three of us for sure every year it's just a matter of like that's what we do every year he even flew in from seattle like yeah it, it's one of those deals it's like it's not even so much about the game we drink before go bowling do whatever hang out go to a bar and then we get the game and stay up all night playing it's a stupid excuse to hang out, but at this point, since it is like a tradition, um, it's something we're going to keep doing as long as we can. Yep. And, and even though they've changed the day now multiple times on us. Yes. Oh, God, it used to be. Like, I get off for... Uh, what's election Day. Election Day, yeah. Like, I get off for Election Day, and like for a while, for years, it was the night before Election Day. So I'm like, sweet, I'm off anyway. I'm staying up all night. <laughs> now i got to use a goddamn day. Yeah, but... Uh, and also, like, I think there's also some other factors, too. Like, if you think about the games that are popular with, like, the young kids these days. Like, if you're around kids who are, like, 10 and younger, they're not going to GameStop. No. They, like, they'll just buy a game off the store digitally and ask for, like, you know, forgiveness later, basically. It's usually mid And then Fortnite's fucking free. Yeah. So that's it's the biggest game in the world right now. Mid-20s to older is the really the GameStop, GameStop crowd. But even that group, once again... GameStop was great for the last Xbox 360, PS3, and if you need the brand new game, 
but like I said, there's so many new options. Of course, this shit's gonna happen. And I mean, it competes against itself because in store they sell download keys. Yeah. Like I know it's a thing that they probably have to do, but so they're selling consoles in store that have an online store that promotes not going to the brick and mortar store to buy a used game. Yeah. So it's it's a dying. I'm, obviously, there's a shitload of horror stories about GameStop, and they don't have the best reputation anyway. And I know most people aren't gonna be sad when it's gone. But it's still the kind of thing where it's like it's just not a viable model in this day and age. Yeah. The only game stores that will survive probably are the hobby retro shops. I was sad when EB Games went. I loved EB because they kept all different generations in there. So I some people are like clamoring. I think it's still in Canada too. Probably, but you know, it's fucking Canada. Canada's <laughs> always twenty years behind. So, but no, the the Sorry, real thing is, who? It just sucks. I know some people are clamoring like they love they they love to see this fall because you know especially GameStop they fuck you so hard when it comes to re, like rebuying off you you know and there's the meme out there right now it's like oh I hear you're looking to sell uh, GameStop I'll give you seven forty for it yeah like, like you know we get it but now if that goes I'm probably my days of buying hard game you know actual physical games. If it isn't a true retro game, is pretty much going to go out the window. Yeah, I mean, I don't buy many new games as is anymore. So, oh, I, I know. <laughs> ah, but I may, like you know, my one or two a year that I get, I'll still go to like a mom and pop and be like, "Hey, do you have this?" And if it's new, they'll be like, "Yeah, here you go." Yeah. Like I may, so even though at this point, fucking buying a physical copy of a new game is pointless because it's really just a shelf case. Because the disc, there's nothing on there. It's just a CD key. It's a download yeah, it's, key. Yeah, it's a paperweight. So yeah, it's a paperweight that's more inconvenient because you have to you have to download you it. have to put it in your yeah. console to still you have to still swap out games for something that's all digitally downloaded. Some would say that's why the 360 PS3 was the last great generation. It probably will be. Like there's great games that came out this generation. Oh no no, I, that's not saying that there aren't. As far great as like games. actual home consoles yeah, go, yeah. Like when you look back in time, I think when everything goes digital, it'll be like goddamn. Remember when you just bought a CD, you didn't need to buy a shit ton of extra DLC. Shit was packed on the CD. Not saying it didn't happen in 360 and PS3 generation. That's where it blew up. That's where it grew. But I think that those first couple games were still pretty heavy. PS2 was still to me the greatest console for full content on a disc like of any game system generation if you will yeah probably but yeah so let us know are you happy are you sad do you not give a shit you know let us know in the comments absolutely this next one is from our buddy kit and it states games that look better now than back when it was released so you're gonna have to explain that one to me alright so I know it's kind of tough to like word correctly but what games do you think? I don't word, but maybe I do word. <laughs> but yeah, so basically it's almost thinking about games that the art style when it was released, people were like, what is this crap? Or, oh, this game looks like shit. But then when you compare it now to, you know, other games of its time, it actually holds up way better. And I think the most famous reason that I can think of with this would be Zelda Wind Waker. Because when it came so out... Shading. Yeah. When it came out, people were like, oh, what's this kitty cartoon bullshit? It looks like crap. Why doesn't it look real like Grand Theft Auto? And then you look at Grand Theft Auto games from that era now, and they're all blocky pieces of crap with, you know, awful motion blur that gets me sick. Whereas the cell shaded games look crisp. Or like that Superman game from on the PS2 that looks amazing and right yeah. out of the cartoon. Yeah. 
Like, games like that, like, those are the ones that hold mm-hmm. up, holy shit, how did this look so good? Or, like, Jet Grind Radio from the Dreamcast era. Mm-hmm. So, in general... Hmm. All right, so the way that's put, most 8-bit and 16-bit games have aged amazingly because people instinctually now at this point recognize the limit of those systems, and you love the simplicity of what could be developed. Yet still today, like RPG Maker, especially people making a lot of RPGs off their PCs right now, you're still using basically 16-bit characters and 8-bit characters, and you're figuring out how to sell shade and all that, and you realize the complexity and what can be done. So when you see a game like Chrono Trigger or some of those other amazing games on the Super NES, you realize there is a high level of art, but they're just working within. Whereas like PS1, to a degree, N64, like they those games were trying to get that next gap of, oh, we're going to try to start looking more realistic, and they aged a little worse. People aren't as forgiving, at least right now. Like, you look at a PS1 game, you're like, ooh. Like, yep. My favorite game, Resident Evil, you're still going to look at it and be like, blocky as shit, looks terrible. But at the time, the, the fact that it was 3D models, like, you couldn't believe, you're like, holy shit. So, 16-bit, 8-bit games will always be what look the best, and styles like the games you just mentioned are probably the best examples of ones that the art style came out but one game I'll throw in there from that generation that I think people didn't dislike back then but I think still hold up is Mortal Kombat the photorealistic the fact that they did that back then and pulled it off fairly flawlessly I'll say like if you're going for realistic but then you still want to see a dude get his head decapitated like that's goddamn impressive everything else is just a matter of the style of the with which a game is created. Um, yeah, even going back to the cel-shaded thing, like if you want to see a drastic difference in what holds up and what doesn't, go, I know you're going to hate me for this example, but go to the Dragon Ball Z Budokai series. And if you look at Budokai 1... Doesn't it's, hold up. <clears throat> Budokai 1 does not hold up because it's just 3D models. It doesn't look... <clears throat> don't you dare. Now, it doesn't look terrible per se, but it's a it's blocky mess kind of. Where if you look at Budokai 2, beautiful cell shading, nice fluid animation, looks like the cartoon in the generation, holds up pretty well. And another, another, son of a bitch, another one that I'll say too is actually 2D games from the PS1 like generation, because Castlevania, especially in North America, no one wanted to see 2D. Yeah. Like when a 2D game came out, we're like, why? This is old. No one wants to see this. This looks like crap. Give us 3D models. Give us WCW versus the world. Yeah. <laughs> so. Looking back now, games like Marvel Super Heroes or those some weird Japanese games or Symphony of the Night, yeah, they look amazing and they still hold up. Where all the 3D model games from back then, a little rough. Yeah, and that's how I find you want to maximize the potential of your console, but also, just you know, Castlevania is a perfect example. It was not maximizing the PS by any stretch of the imagination. It's like a long load times, so maybe it was. Yeah, well, but I'm just saying, like, of what you would expect, like, uh, I want to see a 3D game. What's this 2D shit? Right. But, you know, uh, you know, games like Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah. They've always kind of had that look, and even the newest one, you know, the Returns, or what is it? Is it Returns? Fire Pro World, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That still has that same kind of look from the PS2 era. And it's timeless. It looks better, but people care more about the gameplay. 
Uh, what I will say is currently now a lot of games are coming out that try to separate themselves from the crowd with such a unique style. I'm playing through the platformer Limbo right now. A game oh. I always liked. It's black and white with a grayscale in between, and it's done so well. So the graphics are, you know, what you would consider simplistic in coloring, but it still sets the atmosphere in such a goddamn crazy way. Considering that's a game that came out, let's say, three years before, like, Alien Isolation, and you look at those two side by side, you're like, what the hell? They both look amazing. Yeah, anything that's really stylized it always seems to hold up well, too. Like, um... Charlie Murder? Yeah, Charlie Murder, or... Yeah, Charlie Murder's a good example, too. Yeah, that, I mean... Basically, the, anything that's on a 2D realm... I just that, had a good example on the tip of my tongue, and I can't well, that, remember Well, that's, that's why games like Mortal Kombat realize the value oh, of Oh, Super High. Like, Super High is very stylized. Yeah. It's simplistic, and it's like almost unrendered, you know, 3D models that do look blocky. Yeah. But it's but, powerful and goofy. Right, and it's purposely like that, yeah. so... You can't go back and be like, oh, it's like shit compared to this generation, because it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's an interesting, uh, interesting topic, <laughs> I ha- honestly, like I said, we don't. We tend to look at it right before, so wish I had a time to dig a little more. But my answer in general: eight to sixteen bit games will always hold up, no matter how people thought they looked back then when they compared them to other games. Yep, and my answer is cell shading. Of course. All right, next one. We didn't want to touch any more on the E three stuff, and I know it boy, technically boy, boy, didn't come boy, out. Boy, 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 but a game boy, 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 Jim and I are both went six to midnight for, which is. RE2 remake. And Jim, just so you know, that means Resident Evil 2. <laughs> we, Jim and I talked. I'm trying to think of other things to do with RE2, and it's just going over the line, so I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> so so basically, Jim and I talked. Raping Eskimos 2. Thank you, Jim. There we go. That's, that's an example. Aren't they Inuits? <laughs> I don't know the right term. I don't know. <laughs> Either way... Jim and I, you know, a lot of people tend to agree. More modern fans think Resident Evil 4 is the best game. Jim and I love the original trilogy, if you will, and even Still Code Veronica. Most. Because that maintained the horror. RE2, if you compare it to even 1 and 3, was the more complete, deeper game experience. And in all reality, it's probably the best of those three. Um, seeing what I've seen from the trailer, it looks awesome. What I love is... Did you see the gameplay reveal? Yeah. It, I mean, the game looks outstanding. And ironically, I got my hair cut today, and the chick cutting my hair, we got into a 10-minute conversation about this trailer in Resident Evil 2. Probably girls don't game. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> two in a row. Two podcasts in a row. <laughs> so, um, obviously, people have been clamoring for this goddamn remake for, I don't even, as soon as they did their first Resident Evil remake, they're like, okay, now do it for two. Uh, the first Resident Evil remake is still right next to the original game. I can't, I can't ever say which one I like more. I hope they throw a little bit of extra added gameplay and some new elements from the original game, but maintain that core, like going, you know, if you play with Claire A, then you would get Leon B, and like, do that reversal, because that was one of the things that made that game so much more deeper because you could play multiple times. Right. Yes. Current gen tofu. <laughs> God damn it. We don't need that. Yes, we do. Yes, we fucking do. You mean the vegan option? 
Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like, it's almost crazy how, like, I'm always going to compare it to the first remake on the GameCube. Like, the way that looked compared to oh, the old geez. ones. Like, the leap in technology. Like, it's hard for me this day and age to be really impressed by, like, good graphics in a game. But, like, you look at the lighting and just, like, the overall, like, zombies are, these zombies are scary. scary. Yeah. And it's, like, dark, but, like, purposely dark. And it just gives you this mood of, like, even watching the trailer, you're like, holy crap. Like, the shit got real. It's, yeah, Resident Evil Remake is a perfect example. They HD'd it for the Xbox and... GameCube. No, no, I'm saying they GameCubed it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that was only 480, but then they 1080 HD'd it for the Xbox. Right, right. And I got, I have every version of that remake. And I'll tell you right now, that's a game you don't really need to touch because that HD remake still holds up today. Like, yeah. You don't need to touch it. So RE2, this remake, I'm so excited. And what I really hope, you know what? Throw us a RE3 remake. Throw us a Code Veronica remake. Redo that old series. RE7, I absolutely loved, and keep it going in that direction of maintaining horror. Just kind of forget 5 and 6. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we're super excited and of any... like. Brian, what was that tactical team-based Resident Evil game? Jim, there was like 17 of those. <laughs> there, there was, well, there was all the first-person there, shooters. There, there was the Survivor... There, there Outbreak, was, those were awful. Yeah, the Outbreak games. There was the tactical game. There, there were so many of these, like, spin-off ones. Dead Aim. So, yeah, this will be a game for absolutely goddamn sure. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna yell at Jim if he doesn't get. And <laughs> like you did with seven, we're gonna review it. I'm gonna stream it because I friggin' love Resident Evil. So we'd love to hear your guys' take on it. But what what can you say? Other end looks amazing. I'd love to hear someone who says like, "No, we shouldn't have touched it." <laughs> yeah, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. All right, Jim. So this next topic... Yeah, this one's coming from you off the top yeah, of your little tippy head. I just, I just thought of her earlier because I have a very specific moment I thought of and I wanted to turn this into a bit, if you will. All right. We've talked about our, some gaming memories in the past. And right. I figured, let's make this a reoccurring bit like some of our other ones. Um, <laughs> None that we're doing this week again. So I'll throw it to you. I'll say Mayan and then hopefully you can name one. Say so, Mayan? Yeah. Mayan? Well, you don't like the Mayans? Not particularly. If they were great, they'd still be around. You're more of an Aztec guy? No, they sucked too. Damn it. All right, so name a time that you laughed inappropriately from a game. And what I mean by that is, like, you're playing a game, something happens, maybe you killed someone, or, or something that, like, wasn't particularly meant to be funny, but you found yourself laughing, and you kind of maybe even felt like shit for it afterwards. Um I've thought of a few examples. Obviously, there's tons of games out there that they throw things in there for humor on purpose. But one thing that made me laugh, and I still feel bad for, but it's because it came out left field, is I can distinctly remember the first time I played Double Dragon. And that opening screen, that guy walks up, just punches a chicken in the stomach, throws it on his shoulder, and walks up. I'm like, Penny. this is Nintendo. You know, I just got done playing Super Mario Brothers. Like, I played all these innocent children's games, and then here's a game where this dude just comes up, Hits a chick in the stomach and just throws her over her shoulder and like takes. It. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I couldn't believe what I just saw, and it, I I laughed because of how just over the, and even to this day I still watch it and I'm like, "Dear God!" Like Nintendo, like well, it's not Nintendo, it's Konami, but still, you get my point. It's. I think it was Konami. Or, no, no, not. Wait, was it Irem? No, it's Double Dragon. This is embarrassing. Hold on. What was it Namco? 
this is bad. This is this is some good old fashioned dead air right here. Yeah. Um. Do, 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 do. Technos. Oh, Technos. Okay. Okay. For some reason, I always thought Konami <laughs> with those guys. But either way, seeing that was, yeah, it was shocking. <laughs> Made me laugh. It's a hell of a reason to have, like, you know, a lot of Nintendo games, the story was always very loose to begin with. Like, think like Kung Fu. Like, you never got a story, you just beat up everyone, and you're trying to save your love. Right. This is that, but now you get to see, like, oh, the dude just punched my chick and took her. It's a good way to be- build up a bad guy. It's another similar situation, although I feel like this was done for the same reason. Think Ghosts and Goblins. You're yeah. basically naked with your chick in a graveyard, and a devil comes and just steals her. Like, that's kind of funny. Yep. Wasn't fully meant to be funny, but yeah. Right. Would you say the goal of the game is to not be cucked by a Satan? I'd say, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I didn't have a follow-up to that. I guess in Double Dragon, you're just hoping Bobo doesn't get to her first. A Bobo, 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 Yeah. Bobo. So now, Jim, I'm throwing it to you. Ah, oh, God. I'm playing the gauntlet See, this now. is this is one where I wish I had some time to prep for yeah. this one, but I think... Off the top of my head, like, I can't think of a specific... Like, is there ever a time, like, a character died that was so ridiculous or something happened that you were just like, holy shit. You know, I think it would be more unintentional, but one of the beautiful things about Bethesda games, like their 3D games, is every once in a while, well, more than that, the physics can just get wild on you. Mm -hmm. So, there can be some characters in the game, and things will happen, maybe you kill them off, and maybe they just go flying all over the goddamn place. Like, you'll have, like, little kids flying all over walls and their heads exploding and shit like that. Just, like, stuff that shouldn't be happening, but it's still freaking hilarious. Good old glitches always happen. I'm trying to think more for you. Script it should have happened in the game. It happened. They weren't intentional for you to laugh at, but you were like, what the hell? Okay, all right. I have one. So, most famous scene in Final Fantasy VII, when... I see this is gonna be bad because I only played it for a couple hours. I think her name's Eris when she gets killed by Sephiroth. So for everyone else in the world, you're like, I've been with this character for 47 hours. Oh, her fucking flower garden. What'll happen to the flowers? I would go over to my best friend's house growing up and I'd go over and be like, hey, you wanna hang out? And he'd be like, sure. And I'd get there, he would just be playing Final Fantasy VII. And this would go on for weeks on end. And I'll just be sitting there with his game gear or my dick in my hand. And he would just be like, we'd have some small talk. And he'd go back to playing Final Fantasy VII. So when Ares died, he got all upset. And I went, good, fuck that bitch. (laughs) All right. So I guess that's... So out of goddamn spite, good old-fashioned spite, every time Ares dies, I smile. So there you go. We love, we want to hear your guys' gaming memories of a similar situation. What's something wasn't meant to be funny, wasn't written, but you still laughed your ass off. So let us know. All right, so our final topic, and it's topical. It's It was from E3 once again, but it's something we care about. And once again, I thought, so I'll throw my two cents out there and see what you think. Yeah. Uh, the new Smash Brothers game is getting a ton of hype. It's going to have every character that's ever been in there. They're going to potentially or definitely confirm Ridley's in there. 
Yeah, I think uh, the Splatoon, Squid Kids, and I think Ridley were the uh, two new announcements, on top of having every single character ever released. So that got me thinking, what characters would I like to see in that? Now, granted, I have very little experience with any of the new ones. I've maybe played each one, like, just a hair, but I've been maintaining, like, looking up what characters they have. And uh, a few that puzzled me, and we don't need to get into, like, oh, obviously they can't get the license. I'm just talking about what would make sense to be in the game. So I have a few that, right off the top of my head, I thought, like, why the fuck haven't they never been in there? And the first one is Simon Belmont, Trevor Belmont, anyone from Castlevania, obviously, Alucard. I, I don't care. You should have Castlevania on there. Yeah, I know they wound up in, like, some... It might have just been made by Konami with all their characters. Yeah. But like a Konami-only smash rip-off style that was only in Japan on the I PS2. know, but that's... But, like, once but I know again, what you mean. Yeah. So, I did read something that there's a rumor that one of those might be in this game, too. And it might be a late reveal. If it is, that absolutely makes sense. Because when I think... You know, when I think old-school Nintendo, NES, Super NES, all those... I don't necessarily always separate the companies like Konami versus Nintendo versus Capcom. I just think characters, and Castlevania is always one I associate. So that, um, one or both the dudes from Contra. Yeah. Like, I would fucking love to see that. Like, I would love to see some spread shot on that ma- on those goddamn maps. Um, and then the other ones, I think it should be easy enough. And this is a combo, Double Dragon and Battletoads. It's, once again, Battletoads or Konami, right? Yeah. So, I know Konami has a shit record with them, but I would love to see them. And and Double Dragon, like, you get those guys in there just to, they're fighting guys already. Do what you gotta do, Nintendo. Like, people, I think, would enjoy that. If you have Ryu and all these, you know, you, you had... My biggest thing with Konami that I can't buy, you can't get these other characters I just named, you have Snake. Yeah. You can get these other they guys. They had Sonic before. So Yeah, and they're going to have them again. So do what you need to do. Those are characters I think only make sense to be in there. Yeah. So who are some that you think should, not necessarily like your ideal, but like you think just should be in there? Here's one I got for you. Toad. All this time, Toad's been like, Peach will like whip him out and like smack you with him, basically. Why can't Toad be his own character? Make it be tiny. Make it be like what Servbot is in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like, that tiny little annoying character that like won't hit you for a lot, but you can do some crazy over-the-top moves with him. Could be such. <laughs> Other than being the fastest suck. guy in uh, Mario Kart. Maybe he can get in the cart and drive over you. Maybe that can be his final smash. Maybe go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think Toad would be a good one there. Um, Metroid I don't know enough about. Um, if you wanted to dip your toes, just just dip them into uh, N64 territory, I was going to say James Bond from N64 GoldenEye or Conker. Yeah. I mean, or Banjo. Or Banjo, or obviously. Yeah. Good luck getting anything from Rare, but I like know, said, but, but, but like I said, do you think iconic Nintendo characters? I don't need Meta Knight. I don't need the fucking ice climbers. I know that disappoints no a lot of people. No one needs the ice climbers. But no one likes the ice climbers. Don't, you don't even need your favorite game and watch. I like game and watch. I know, but I'm just saying, like s- Nintendo. Oh, 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 o
You know how it's always Master Hand or Crazy Hand or shit like that? Let me guess. From Star Fox? No, stupid. Oh. Why not the Power Glove? Wouldn't that make perfect sense as a replacement for one of them? Mm, yeah. I, guess, I mean, or just throw it on the hand. <laughs> Give it some different shit. No, that would, or Rob the, well, Rob the Robot Rob's already character. in it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Power Glove wouldn't make sense. I'll give you that. Or the, yeah. tra- or the trackball. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, the but fact what about the Marvel from Marvel Madness? Why isn't that a hero? I mean, just the fact that they have the dog and the duck hunt, you know, the duck hunt dog. Yeah. Like, and the Wii Fit model. Like, that pisses me off. We're like, we're like the general, like, Wii Amiibo. Oh, the Amiibos Mi- and all that shit. Yeah. I get it. You gotta spend yeah, you can make budget. a character out of goddamn anything. You gotta spend your character. But, like, it, I don't know. When I think Nintendo, I think it's really a shame the ones I named. Brian, I'm almost surprised here that you didn't say you're Jake Armitage from Shadowrun on the Super NES. Nah, because Shadowrun's a terrible series to begin <laughs> Well, I think this is a good time to end this episode. I mean, in general, we know. we. I mean, we've already scored it. You can go see your scores right here. That the Super NES is better. Bias. How is it biased? Bias. You scored it the same as me. Bullshit. <laughs> you scored it like me. Because you raped the Genesis one. That's why. <laughs> I scored it the same as you. No, you fucking <laughs> Lies. Jim, when you stack it up side by side, you just Lies and slander. You realize that you, you're like, oh man, that extra sound card and the Super NES. Oh, I'm just going to go through keywords every single time. No, no, no. This one didn't work. Let me try the next word. Oh, I'm overhead. I'm just going to keep walking overhead. Oh, this bar looks like that bar. I'm going to... Well, this dragon can't be fully articulated because the Genesis can't handle it. <laughs> because it was too big of a game before then with your linear bullcrap. Listen, don't be This hating. fight will not die. Don't be hating. Um, but yeah, so we would love to hear who else you guys think. I, I even think, you know what? Like, do an exclusive, and I don't know how you do it, do like the black box games. Like, do like Excite Bike. Like have yeah. like maybe have one character that somehow represents all those like miscellaneous. Don't create them all. Go on. You need slalom in there. I would you take need that, that ass. I would. Ask you need that ass. The Bret Hart. The Bret Hart ass. Yeah. I would take that. So it was one of his skis in your pee hole. Final I, smash. I, I I don't think they would go that descriptive. Joke. Look, Brad, they're still beating women in Double Dragon, so I think they could go <laughs> for that. All right. Yeah. They have a weird gray area. So, we'll see what Smash Brothers. I, I'm really curious to see if that rumor. When I thought about this, I wanted to make sure they none of those were announced. And like you said, I saw some things that said Simon or Trevor might be announced. To me, I guess it make Simon makes the most sense from the first game. However, Alucard is probably better well known because of because of symphony because of symphony and the other and well, what is it richter richter from dracula x yeah or rondo blood whatever you want to call it so yeah i would love to see what they come out with right maybe you can get that one from castlevania 64 and you can be like whippy 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 his name's ryan hard and whippy. no they can't whippy whippy ow so let us know what you think um you know as a general note if you ever have questions or things you want to hear us talk about Comment below, email us, send us something on Twitter, our website. We're available. We have all the links below. And yeah, Jim, what'd you think of this Nihilist out? It was damn good. Yeah. Like, very full math flavor, but for 80 IBUs, it was smooth. Yeah, and it leaves a good, it's like your mouth is like dry almost. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like weirdly dry. It's like almost. It doesn't even feel like it's got a film to it. It's it's weird to describe almost. Delicious, like you said. Strong aroma. Um, Easily the best beer from Sly Fox. Now, granted, not a lot of lacing either on yeah. the glass at all. Once again, we're doing the barrel aged. The regular one, I might actually prefer more because you get a little more of this a true flavor versus this. You get that oak and a little bit more alcohol, but. Either way, uh, try it out if you never have. What kind of barrels? Is it like bourbon barrels or just like general I think barrels? it's just general uh, whiskey, like oak barrels. Okay. Yeah. So. Good beer, though. Other than that, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for watching.